Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat About Death. That was a very different intro, wasn't it? That was me typing away. Oh, a bit of, bit of beat to this, eh? Yeah. No, that'd be very weird if you saw me uh, trying to dance. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wherever you are, I hope you are having an enjoyable day or night. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day or night to listen to me. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about... Um, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about a story. Uh, and it's pretty much a real-life story that I went through. And because some people go, is your industry... or we're In Australia, is it? Is it quite similar to America or is it quite the same as Britain and all, all things like or what the TV shows are um, and I have to tell you no it's not oh, I mean there's there's parts of it that that are but um, I want to just give you a little bit of a scenario that I went through and um, it's tested every part of my body um, so we got a call uh, one one late late evening or early hours of the morning and uh, from the police. And what had happened was a elderly gentleman, I, I would say probably uh, 70s, um, the neighbours and all that thought, mm, I haven't seen, we'll just call him Bob, we haven't seen Bob today and the bins are still out and... He normally doesn't do much, like, can we just do a welfare check? So, obviously, the police went out and found this uh, lovely gentleman passed away. And uh, so, they tried to get a hold of next of kin and couldn't. And so, they reached out to, obviously, us because we were local and said, can you come and entrust this lovely man into your care, which we did and uh, we'll get the next of kin to be in touch with you. So automatically, I would think, well, we may not have any connection with this family because they may already have a prepaid funeral somewhere or whatever, but we have taken their loved one into our care, into our warm arms, and it has made a difference to them. Okay. So the scenario was that, yes, we got, we got called, we went out, and uh, there was a young uh, constable there and there was an older sergeant or senior sergeant that was there as well. So you could see that one was teaching the other and they were standing out the front. Now, normally in my years of being in this business, 24 years, uh, if anyone is outside, especially the emergency services, you think, mm, okay, right. Uh, Obviously, something's not smelling too good or maybe it's too hot or whatever else like that. So I thought, okay. So that was the automatic thing that came into my head. Now, they greeted us and said, look, come on in. Um, this is the gentleman. He was in, in his uh, – he obviously had got out of bed. He had, um, he had a mental uh, illnesses anyway or uh, uh, medical complications and bits and pieces. So – they had the proof that he, he was under medication and all that. But he obviously got out of bed and he started to make his way over uh, to the bathroom 
and which was probably from the bed to the bathroom, maybe four meters, four maybe. Um, and he obviously needed a shower chair, so the shower chair was there, but it was just pretty much like the stool bit. There was no back to it. And the toilet was to the right, showers to the left in the far wall, and then he was basically, um, he obviously got onto the shower chair. But you know when, this is the bit that really got me because I thought, oh, my God, uh, I do feel for this gentleman because um, he managed to get onto the chair or the stool and that's as far as what he got. So he didn't bang his head on anything or, you know, ran into the sink or he's just slipped down into the bath or head-butted the shower or anything else like that. And I thought, okay, well, he's... But, you know, when you... I've never, ever seen this uh, in any other transfer that I've done. But this gentleman, you know, when uh, there's kids and, I mean, adults can do it too, where they do... I think they call it the London Bridge, when they can sort of arch back... So their legs are on the ground and arms are on the ground and they sort of arch back. Well, that was similar to what this lovely gentleman was like and that threw me, you know, because it's not, like I said, it's not something that you tend to see. But because he had been there for a little while, now I'm I'm thinking, I mean, maybe a day maximum. Um, weather wasn't too bad. Uh, I think it was actually cooler. So that that's probably done him some some good but he all any fluid that he had so obviously he had edema and things like that had sort of pulled in his in his um ankles and feet which then sort of made blisters water blisters and it's the same with his hands because everything if you think about that london bridge is there's not much up the top end but everything sort of tends to lead down to the other but because this stool was sort of stool height, well, normal chair height, it was like, and he was a larger man, he wasn't thin, how do we get him off? If he's got rigor mortis, then he's going to be arched. So for those people that don't know what rigor mortis is, rigor mortis is stiffening of the joints. And you'll hear people say, oh, I broke the rigor mortis, not like we've broken bones or anything, it's... It's, it's lactic acid that builds up in your joints. So you can massage those joints and that will then free up the rigor mortis. Can rigor mortis come back? Yes, it can, but sometimes not, which is fine when you're dealing with funerals. It's a lot easier not to have rigor mortis. But once you've set someone, sometimes that's easier for that rigor mortis to come back. So arms aren't free and I don't know it, that's another episode so we gently lowered or sort of slid the stool from underneath him and gently let him go to the ground but in the process one of the water um, things blisters on his ankle ruptured uh, and I just so happened to be on that side of the uh, the bathroom and it was on tiles and there was a drain so that was okay. But you know what? I have I have smelt a lot of things in this industry and you learn you learn to cope with it. Uh, it's I can't I can't even tell you what it smells like, um, and I don't think you'd probably ever want to. But 
yeah, it was it was pretty potent, and we were in a confined space. That's when you start to overthink about what you need to do and how we need to get this person out, because obviously he he's looking very vulnerable at the moment, and it's not as dignified. So, <laughs> but then the young constable comes in. He goes, "Oh, I've got to take some photos of his back uh, for the coroner." Um, even though the coroners weren't going to be involved because a doctor would write about his his cause of death, um, just to make sure there was no stabbing or you know untoward. Well, this poor constable he came in and he went white as a ghost. Oh my god, I've never ever seen a police a police person um, become like that. But it makes sense, you know. You're coming into an environment and uh, you're exposed to things that you don't – like you can't be 100% prepared to go into that. Um, and he walks out and he says to his senior, he says, oh, I don't know how they do that. Um, but seeing, seeing this lovely gentleman being in that state and we, you know, we managed to get him back to our care centre and – and, uh, you know, moisturised him a little bit to sort of give him a little bit more hydration. And um, But then what we found is the next day we had, uh, I think it was another funeral home, rang and said, oh, well, you know, we're coming to get that person. And it was very businesslike. It was not like, oh, you have Mr Bob in your care. It was like, you have blah, 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 and we're going to do this and there will be no fee. And it's like, well, hang on, hang on, like, Good morning would be the first thing, but anyway. Um, and then two guys arrived and they were just, they were fighting, hammer and nail, they were just like fighting with each other. And I thought, there's no respect for this person whatsoever. Um, and I felt a little bit that we didn't get the opportunity to at least talk to the family, but you know what? That didn't matter because the, the thing that mattered to me was that we were able to assist our emergency services in in this welfare check and that this lovely gentleman, Bob, um, was well looked after and we got him out of that situation that he was in and cleaned him up and uh, he was ready. He was ready, ready to move on. And, um, you know, that's what we take away from it. But... Yeah, situations are just and smells and colours and it's I, I can't I can't explain it enough. Um, but yeah, London Bridge, I've never I've never seen it like that before. Um, and it, look, it's probably a one in a million thing that it'll ever happen again. You probably never see it again. But um, but it's amazing what bodies do you know, at that time and um, but I'm, I'm just, I think, and he would have been probably too, he was probably grateful that he that he did manage to take a seat and then slip away rather than, you know, headbutting something and then being sort of semi-conscious and then passing like that would be, that would be horrific. But so there you go. That's, that's one, that's one, um, one story um, that I, uh, was able to tell you there. Um, so I hope you're okay with that. I hope you're not uh, reaching for a bucket or anything else like that. I mean, I yeah, I could go a little bit more gory, but I can't because it's like, yeah, it's um, 
It's meant to be a family-friendly show and uh, I don't want, yeah, I don't want people to get traumatised by anything. That's not our, that's not our thing. So, um, yeah. Um, a lot of time people see, I guess, the mortuary side of things as a, um, uh, you know, draw fridges where each body has their own draw. Um, I personally, I, I like that. I like that idea. But in Australia, we don't tend to, a lot of companies don't use that type of layout. Um, they tend to utilise just a big cool room and then they might have racking um, that could do, you know, four to five high by whatever the, the width of the cool room is. Um, or you get, um, you know, we, we've got a cool room, but then we have like stainless steel tables that we use um, and that's when the deceased will go onto that and it's on wheels, so then you're able to sort of move it in and out. Space-wise, obviously racking is a lot easier and even the trays uh, in the wall, uh, like the drawers. But society has changed. You need to have small trays, you need to have medium and you need to have large trays because obviously uh, society has changed in regards to like weight, people's weights and foods are highly processed and uh, you know the story. Um, we've probably all looked looked at ourselves and gone, oh, I've put on five kilos or something over Christmas or whatever. But you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so society, you know, when it, I guess when it comes to stories and and things like that, you know, we like uh, I'd love to say it's like CSI and NCIS or whatever it is, and you know, we everyone's wearing you know white jeans or whatever, and you know, it's just everything's. Yeah, mortuary and yeah, but it's not. Um, that setup would be beautiful. And I, here I am saying it's beautiful. It's like, you know, people love cars and they love that. But, you know, to have everything, yeah, tickety-boo um, would be brilliant. But once again, it all comes down to dollars. And, uh, you know, does it change the outcome of you providing a service for that loved one? No. You could do exactly the same on a beautiful table with all the beautiful uh, wash products and everything there. Um, And you don't need all the the bells and whistles, but it'd be nice. (laughs) But, yeah, it's no point spending money where you don't need to spend money. You can... um, So society does rule a little bit in, in how people obviously perceive different things. And, uh, yeah, yeah, well, there you go. So you've had the London Bridge man. Uh, well, like we said, we called him Bob. Like I said, that that will be obviously one that that constable will always remember. Um, I don't tend to remember a lot. You know, you, you, you get significant ones that you that you will remember. And obviously we're doing hundreds and hundreds of transfers and different situations. So the ones that have got different scenarios, you'll learn. But if someone said to me, oh, you did mum's funeral two years ago, and I go, okay, where was it at? What, you know, or the name? Then you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you research and you go, yep, I can tell you what colour he was wearing, when it was. And I I mean, that's just me. Um, and, And the story of how that person passed away, you know. 
that he was in the nursing home or he was in hospital with palliative care. And um, so we're going to have a lot more stories to probably tell you in future episodes. Uh, I wanted to keep this one a little bit short and sweet too because, um, you know, some people can't sit down for an hour and or they go, oh, geez, I want to get to the end of it. Um, but I think, yeah, telling this story was a, a bit of a, well, hopefully a little bit of an eye-opener and... and uh, but also the importance of um, how can you say it? The importance of uh, you know checking in with family and friends so they know where you are. So to do a wellness check and obviously that family didn't have a lot of time or whatever. But you don't know you know they could have lived interstate or working hard. But yeah, so there you go. Um, Want to thank you all for joining us for this episode. And uh, until we catch up again, um, enjoy. And away we go. Bye-bye.